Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Rob. We're a writing team from New Jersey with a passion for film. An aggressive, all-consuming passion. Well, whenever we see a news article we find, like, insane, uh, immediately it's... How can we make a movie out of this? Every episode we read a crazy article from different sources and tumble down our own rabbit hole. Discussing cast, crew, and plot. And then we hash out a pitch for a feature film. So, join us as we BS about movies and ask the important question... What do you got? What do you got? God, I love that intro song. Episode five. <laughs> Welcome, everybody. How are you, Nick? I'm good. How are you, Rob? Good. We we recorded like the first four episodes in a huge like slurry of podcasting, and this one, yeah. I think the gap was probably like three weeks. Yeah, I think. <laughs> I mean, we started recording back in February. I think February or March, maybe even earlier. <laughs> Mm, I'm going to say March. I remember it was yeah. like at least four or five months after Freddy Oversteeg in the right. past. Yeah, yeah. and then there was some decent gaps between those. But between four and five, it's it's closed a little bit. Thank you, Apple and Major League Baseball. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Major League Apple. Um, mm. That's a good promotion. <laughs> oh, mm. yay. I can taste it. <laughs> Tastes good. It's an apple that tastes like apple pie. It's a little sweet. <laughs> We put, but it's Major League, so we also put some American cheese on it. Tom Berenger is there. <laughs> um. Charlie Sheen, but we asked him to leave. <laughs> Anywho. All right, guys. So today we have an interesting uh, article for you. Uh, in fact, it's not much of an article at all. It's really just a paragraph. It's more, yeah, it's, it's more of a sentence. Yeah. It's more of a run-on sentence. So <laughs> we decided to just kind of go off of it. and uh, For that this... reason and because, although you and I are, are huge lovers of like traditional hand-drawn animation yeah. and claymation, we also know jack shit about it. Yeah. So I guarantee you this is going to be our shortest episode. <laughs> yeah. Also, just in case you haven't figured it out yet, this is our first animated podcast episode. So. Oh, I spoiled it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it. Um, let me, you know what, let me just pull up the title of the article just so we know what we're discussing. Because it's, uh... You guys can see it in the links down below. It's fun. Um, so the title of the article is, Why Did President Woodrow Wilson Keep a Flock of Sheep on the White House Lawn? And the premise of this (laughs) is basically, President Woodrow Wilson kept a sheep flock on the White House Lawn. Uh, this was that's all during, we needed. This, that's all we get. This is during World War One, and uh, apparently the the flock, which numbered about forty eight at its peak, I'm quoting here from the article, saved manpower by cutting the grass and earning fifty two thousand eight hundred and twenty three dollars for the Red Cross through an auction of their wool. So these sheep were uh, multifunctional. Wait, fifty two thousand dollars in like nineteen eighteen money? Yeah, let's or like adjusted for inflation because that's a huge adjusting. amount of money. Nineteen eighteen. That's a hundred years ago. Twenty nineteen inflation calculator. So let's see if it was fifty two grand back then. If this loads, <laughs> filler, filler. Go go to your four G. The Wi Fi is not great out here in the backyard. <laughs> Coming to you live from the wonderful Cape Swoosh Studios here in Bloomfield, New Jersey. <laughs> I built it with my dad and my uncle. <laughs> I built it. I mean, I had screws. Yeah, did you do anything? I mean, you... I watched, and I handed them things. I mean, that sounds like pretty much how I would build things. I love my father to death, but his usual method of teaching me how to do things handyman-wise is to go move. <laughs> $52,000 in 1918 uh, uh, roughly adjusts to $882 million. In 2019. Okay. 
So it's definitely $52,000 in today's money. Then, because <laughs> yeah, they I were not selling so. <laughs> almost a billion dollars in wool. I don't know if that much wool exists. I've been <laughs> so to Costco. Let's, let's try it backwards then. Holy so shit. if the start year is 2019, bear with us. We're going to get into the podcast soon. No, I need to know this. I need to know this or I can't sleep at night. <laughs> 52000 Nobody leaves this room. Uh, about $3,000, apparently. That sounds okay. more accurate yes, to me. Yes, that sounds far more accurate for <laughs> one flock of sheep. Like, what do they have, the fucking golden fleece? <laughs> and just, as soon as they shaved the sheep, it immediately grew back. Um, since it's such a short article, uh, do you want to just read it? Yeah, that's on not air. a bad might, idea. Might as well just to give everyone Let's the just context. Read the article. Some of the feedback I've been getting is that we're in too much of a rush to get to our ideas, and we don't quite explain as much as we should oh, okay. about certain things. I haven't heard any feedback, Which, so to, I'm glad to be honest, you have. it's not one hundred percent our fault because Straw Hat Riots is as far as the <laughs> historical data goes. There's not much we can get out of <laughs> they that. They just had a riot. Blair <laughs> Adams. There's not much around that man. <laughs> yeah, I haven't slept in days. <laughs> All right, so the article. Why did President Woodrow Wilson keep a flock of sheep on the White House lawn? Have you ever wondered? The sight of sheep grazing on the south lawn of the White House may seem unusual, but during World War I, it was a highly visible symbol of home front support of the troops overseas. The flock, which numbered 48 at its peak, saved manpower by cutting the grass and earned $52,823 for the Red Cross through an auction of their wool. The Wilsons wanted to be a model American family helping the war effort, so they suspended entertaining at the White House and actively participated in public programs. Margaret Wilson sang to raise money for the troops. Mrs. Wilson organized far, uh, war bond rallies, which were held on the steps of the Treasury Building with appearances by such Hollywood stars as Charlie Chaplin, wow. Mary Pickford, Mary Dressler, and Douglas Fairbanks. She also demonstrated her support by publicizing White House compliance to food and fuel conservation programs spearheaded by Herbert Hoover, one of Wilson's dollar-a-year men and head of the Food Administration. And that is it. That's, That's all we get from that article. Fucking Herbert Hoover. So what we decided to do was make a cute little animated feature. And uh, we're going to go with that. Actually, I want to tell you one quick, uh, this is one of the reasons I love Babe Ruth. Is he was actually very, very funny. And Herbert Hoover uh, came to a, a baseball game one year, and uh, Ruth had just signed, like, his biggest ever contract. Uh, and he was making more than Herbert Hoover, which was unusual for baseball players <laughs> yeah, at the time because they were just basically utility men yeah. <laughs> getting that kind of wages. And somebody, somebody asked Babe, do you think that you deserve more money than the president of the United States? And he leans in and he goes, well, yeah, I had a better year than Hoover. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. Oh, Hoover's <laughs> anyway. great. Wait, Hoover was before Wilson or after? After. After, after uh, Hoover was the Depression president. Right. And then uh, Rose. Until when? 20. Uh, he was through the First World War, and then I think it was um, Warren Harding was the president during okay. a lot of Prohibition. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and then Coolidge, no, then Hoover, then Coolidge, you know no, then Coolidge, the then Hoover, then Roosevelt, yeah. You know how I remember the presidents? How? Jonathan Colton's song, The President. <laughs> That's literally how I <laughs> I was waiting for something very enlightening nope. or something, but nope, just Jonathan <laughs> it was. It was either that or Animaniacs, pick your, uh, pick your poison. <laughs> so, yeah, we just were really sort of tickled by the notion of, the president keeping sheep on the White House lawn you, like a yokel. I had an immediate image, and it's from 
uh, the first How to Train Your Dragon movie, <laughs> when there's just that cute shot of the sheep sitting there, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it gets swooped up by a dragon. And I was like, those type of sheep, that animation. <laughs> for those of you playing uh, What Do You Got Bingo, that is our tangential mention of Jay Baruchel for the episode. <laughs> we have to. We'll eventually get to Jeremy Davies. <laughs> Jeremy Davies and Jay Baruchel. They should be mentioned at least every episode They're the once. specters of this podcast. They will not go away. As, as I did state earlier, we recorded three and four with a huge gap in between, and I did not look over who I had cast for my <laughs> films, so pretty much Jay Baruchel just rules my life. We keep coming across as a couple of rubes who know yeah. like three actors yeah, and right? don't even know where one of them is from. Yo, have you heard about that guy Jonah Hill? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Well, anyway, that's about as far as we're going to get in that nonsense. So, uh, Nick, why don't you start us off? What do you got? Okay. So, I uh, came up with a couple things here. I had a lot of trouble with this one because there's nothing to go off of. So I kind of wanted to make this a West Wing satire um, with sheep. Um, I do have Woodrow Wilson being voiced by Martin Sheen. Oh, my I'm bringing him God. back. Martin Sheen, the president most popular Bartlett. Democratic president <laughs> of the past 30 years. President Bartlett will be, playing Mar- uh, will be playing Martin Sheen. We'll be playing Woodrow Wilson. I have three other cast members that I created, just no names, just main sheep, female sheep, and antagonist sheep. My main sheep is Bill Hader. I can my, hear it. I can hear the Bill Hader sheep. <laughs> my female sheep is Kristen Wiig. Okay. And my antagonist sheep is Arnold Schwarzenegger. What the fuck? <laughs> my director is Brad Bird. Oh, okay. The titles I came up with, I have three here. Uh, I think I like the first one the best. Uh, the Wool Horizon. <laughs> the South Lawn Grays. And then just Woodrow Wilson's sheep. Um, like but, Charlie Wilson's War? Yes. That's actually what I based it off of. I know how your brain works, <laughs> you feeb. So a couple things that I wrote down here. And again, like I said, I had a lot of trouble with this one. Mm-hmm. Um, but some things I wrote down just like as I was jotting things as, as I was reading that one paragraph. Um, I wanted to symbolize the draft in an analogy of sheep doing their part for their country. Okay. Uh, so they're mowing the lawn. They're, you know, they're, they're shedding their wool to, to help with the, uh, the armed forces. Uh, and the main character sheep, Bill Hader, is uh, upset that he can't actually be drafted into war because he's a sheep. So the whole story is basically... <laughs> it's reverse just, Barry on HBO. Yeah. <laughs> it's basically just him uh, just being like, why can't I go to war? And then everyone else is like, no, you're doing your part here, man. Um, <laughs> but the the idea that I, I wanted to go with for his character was that maybe the main sheep believes he's been drafted to fight in the war, mm-hmm. and then he realizes that he's just been placed on the White House lawn to graze oh. graze the uh, Because, like, he's on, he's on all the posters yeah, and stuff yeah. for and the, he's big, like, oh the my big God. fundraiser. Yeah, and, it's, and he's, it's, like, wearing a helmet. And it's Uncle Sam, like, I want you, and there's a picture of him because he's, like, the sheep poster boy. And he's just Germany like, yes, is bad. Yes, I'm going to go fight the World War One enemy. The, the Axis... The Central Powers. Yeah. German. They're pretty much the same ones as the second time. <laughs> but I can't say Nazis because they weren't Nazis yet. Right? No. Okay. No, they weren't. <laughs> so he's all like, I'm going to go fight the Germans. And um, I definitely want Schwarzenegger to uh, speak German at some points. I want his Austrian... <laughs> it's a spy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I think I do want him to be a spy. Um, but that's pretty much what I came up with. Mm-hmm. The part of the story, uh, The point of the story being that if you aren't doing the job you want to, you can still help out. You know, oh, it's like it's, it's, like a, like it. it's actually is, a cute like. This is a more touching film than I expected from you because you're sort of a terrible man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
Because Dennis is a bastard man. <laughs> Dennis is a bastard man. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's the idea that like the main sheep, like he really wants to go to war and he really wants to help out, but he can't do that because he's a fucking sheep. Yeah. So the, he just fig- he realizes after a while that like, oh, you know what? I'm I'm still doing my part. <laughs> Um, that's, that's I, I pretty hope much... he never finds out about Sergeant Stubby the Warhound <laughs> from World War One. That's pretty much what I've got. There should probably be like an actual like wolf character that Ooh. somehow finds its way into DC. <laughs> I mean, it's a swamp. I mean, it's, yeah, it's the 1920s. Like, what are you doing in my swamp? <laughs> uh, so that's pretty much what I've got. So, Rob, so, uh, I actually quick question. Oh, so, oh, yours yeah. is uh, yours is going to be a two D uh, hand drawn animation or three D or what Rob, are you thinking? I would want it to be. Technically, the way I see it is more Monster House. Okay. So it's technically CGI, mm-hmm. but looks claymation. Okay. I think that's how I see the film. Interesting. Yeah. All right. So, Rob, what do you got? Okay. Uh, Actually, I'm sorry. Let me try that again. What do you got? What do you got? <laughs> what do you got? Hey, kids. <laughs> I was just wondering. Uh, I'm Cressy the Clown. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> uh, so, um, I actually did decide to go fully uh, claymation. Okay. And um, the director and studio I'd want to do it is Nick Park and Ardman Animation, who uh, is the team behind Wallace and Gromit Mm -hmm. and the highest grossing uh, claymation film of all time, uh, Stop Motion, which is Chicken Run. Yep. Uh, Which is a really good movie. It's surprisingly good. I like that movie. Um, it's the action is great. It's basically uh, like sort of like The Great Escape, but with chickens. Yeah. And that sounds terrible. And but when, I had a good time as a when child. When you don't have to look at Mel Gibson's Jew-hating face, oh boy. you get to just get this nice rooster. <laughs> Growing a devil's beard didn't help Mel. <laughs> no, yeah. especially when he ends up looking like Dr. Vink from uh, Are oh You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> yeah, so so Nick Park, uh, a creator of Wallace and Gromit, in addition to being head of the studio, uh, is, is someone I think is just a master of, of getting the right kind of sort of dry humor that I was thinking about getting with this project and just the way claymation works and having it be like with um, uh, Leica Films mm. uh, there's this basically photo reel stop mm-hmm. motion it's incredible whereas Ardman's is very caricatured and they always have like big mouths and yeah. teeth and the eyes and you're just aware that you're watching clay in motion and, and it's, you can, it's a yeah, different kind of experience I, I can literally see Wallace and Gromit like eating the cheese right mm-hmm. now with like their mouth yeah. like, kind of mold uh-huh. moving uh-huh. Yeah. Um, which I always loved as a kid. I thought it was just fun. Oh, yeah. Um, and so then uh, I, I wanted to have uh, two... Basically, everyone in the movie is going to be British, despite being American sheep and American <laughs> politicians, and we will not comment on this at all. It's like any fantasy movie where they all have Pretty a much, British Pretty yeah. <laughs> much, So the, I want the two lead sheep to be Ray Fiennes and Tilda Swinton. Ooh. And in a, uh, a special guest appearance as President Woodrow Wilson, as a just comically inept character, uh, is Hugh Grant. <laughs> Because, A, I think he should just be president. And B. But Hugh Grant is literally just the voice of Wallace. Uh, uh, like, that's, uh, uh, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just the stutter. Because I sort of hate Woodrow Wilson a lot, and I think he was <laughs> incompetent, and I, I would love for Hugh Grant to be the one just sort of stammering and not noticing <laughs> things. Hey, Woodrow Wilson. Um, <laughs> it's Hugh Grant doing an impression of Colin Firth doing an impression of Hugh Grant. Oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, God. The movie's going to fold in on itself from the meta. But sort of what I wanted to do was have it be... Uh, a very deep satire um, of the way that politics and political parties work and have mm. Tilda Swinton and Ray Fiennes be almost in an Animal Farm-esque fashion, mm. sort of these very opposite figures of the political spectrum they, trying to rally the sheep to different they are causes. They sheep, though. They're not humans? Yes, they are sheep. Okay. Yes. 
Uh, I didn't come up with names for them because I'm not good at naming sheep. Unfortunately. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was counting them off in my head and I, I passed out. Fleet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I almost forgot the name of the movie for me is Fleeced. Fleeced. Ooh, I like that. I'm I'm good at one one shot titles. Like yeah, <laughs> I'm between. Oh wait, let's just do what we did with Nuked. Fleeced or the Wool Horizon. <laughs> Fleece of the Wool Horizon. <laughs> it sounds like an epic video game. Yeah, it does. <laughs> um, and, and so basically what I want to have happen is have, um, in my satire of the Woodrow Wilson presidency, because he really got to have his cake and eat it too mm-hmm. with World War One. Like, he ran on being, like, the anti-war guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was there's posters of Woodrow yeah. Wilson. Woodrow Wilson, he kept us out of war. Yeah, and all these other things. And then it eventually came around to where he was able to play things and use the sinking of an American cruise liner by Germans uh, mm-hmm. to parlay all this sympathy and get us involved in the war. And then everyone was on his side about yeah. it. Like there were two very popular songs of the era that sum it up. One was called "I Didn't Raise My Boy to Be a Soldier," <laughs> which was very popular during his first term, and then in his second term, the biggest hit was called "Over There," which was like, "And we won't come <laughs> home till it's over, <laughs> over there." And if there's this complete swing in the way the Americans felt about the war, yeah. from isolationism to absolute interventionism, and I want the sheep to represent both sides of that nice. on such an incredibly small scale, yeah. mostly about like grazing rights on the on the White House lawn right. that they're falling into this war about and like no we're gonna stay out of it or we're yeah. gonna get into it. <laughs> and basically like you don't get to see a lot of good examination of the politics of that period other than like boardwalk empire, yeah. how corrupt everything was and graft and I want it to be <laughs> that, but with sheep. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I have this idea just because you said chicken run, I have this idea of like a butcher who's trying to Kill the sheep so he can make meals, mm-hmm. and like he's like one of the main For the bully antagonists. Yeah, it's like one of the main bully antagonists. Like I'll put it in cans. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I like, like that. All these sheep are just like running around. So immediately, I think folding these together, you can still have the bull hater character. Yeah, who's just maybe like a really gung ho like American exceptionalist yeah. sheep who's. Like, basically got a cigar in the corner of his mouth all the time, ready to go over yeah, and just yeah, yeah. stomp the Germans. And, <laughs> or go over and stomp the other flock of sheep on yeah. the lawn. That, like, yeah. I like, like you, could, you could, It could be, like, small soldiers scale of just, like, it's all on the White House lawn. Yep. <laughs> we just I see it from that. above and it oh, looks wait, like mouse. no, that's great because then you have, like, kind of you get, like, a behind-the-enemy-line satire going. <laughs> and, like, you got, like, they split it up. The, the, the White House grass, they yes. split up the two sides, mm-hmm. and you have them on one side, and they have their own little war. Like, you see the trailer for 1917? Yes, I did. You know, it's like that when it's like them running and like getting bombs and stuff. With, yeah. You know, instead of bombs, we do, I don't know, like. Just cow pies. Cow, yeah, <laughs> cow pies, exactly. <laughs> I don't know why I feel I get like a, a Captain Underpants vibe going right now. <laughs> ooh, that's an interesting vibe. <laughs> So, ooh, yeah, that's that's interesting. I think just in terms of it, I, I might be uh, uh, leaning more towards your 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 three D animation in the yeah. in the Monster House DreamWorks style. Yeah, um, just because there's there's just more you can do with it, and if there's going to be more action, then that's there a is. lot easier than it is in claymation. But I I very much like the idea of keeping it like the whole movie on the White House lawn, similar to Chicken Run, how mm-hmm. it's all in the uh, mm-hmm. what do you call it the whatever mm-hmm. their place. I guess we got to decide like. <sighs> This this was something I was having trouble with. Is like the tone of it. Yeah. So if it's gonna be satirical, like it's also gonna work for kids. Like how dark is it? Like See, that kind of thing. That's what I'm thinking. Like I, I think in a way we go the way of Leica, right? Like we get we get in the in the style of Paranorman, mm-hmm. where it's a kids movie, but it gets dark at times. And uh, there's hmm. some there's definitely some like 
some political overtones. You know, you have you have friggin' uh, Casey Affleck's character being uh, openly homosexual in the end. Right, yeah. I remember that, yeah. And, like, things like that. Like, I think there's there's a way that you can kind of make it dark, but still a kid's movie. I mean, Leica does it with every single film. Well, like it's you know, we're never going to get to that level. <laughs> I mean, my dream is to work for them. So, if Leica, if you're listening to this, I've tried to apply on your website. It's really tough. <laughs> I'll, like, clean the clay, the clay things or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Legit, I've I've went to their website looking at careers, and I'm like, is there anything here I could possibly do? And I'm not an artist, so there's not. I mean, <laughs> photography. Yeah, mm. photography. Writing, oh no, you know things like that. They got the the best cinematographers in the world taking it's those true. shots. Uh, God, they're so beautiful. Oh my God, you look at the behind the scenes yeah. footage of those, and like, oh, yeah. just the like two to three ratio scales mm. of like the, the sets and stuff. It's insane. I like that we both are so in love with Leica and just openly aware that we cannot do a Leica film. <laughs> so yeah, we went in yeah. very opposite directions from it. <laughs> like, I'm not even going to bother trying nah, to say I'm not going to make myself like sad. That. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but I, I definitely, yeah, I, I don't know why. I just see the, I want to see the people who, uh, DreamWorks, the people who did uh, Monster House, I want to see them design sheep. I want to see yeah. what they would look like. Um, it's and nice just, and poofy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, there's got to be some really good uh, art in the wool. Like, it can't yeah. just be clumpy, mm-hmm. like clay. I want it to be like, I, I want them like, I'm talking like, I want them to render and like develop their own graphics <laughs> card for the sheep. for the wool. You know how like for the Arkham series, they had like just a, a group of people designing the bat cape yeah. just for the physics. I want that for the wool of these God sheep. God bless for you, Crush Steady <laughs> Studios. For making that, my Batman. Yeah, that's what I want. I want them. I want a group of people designated to make the sheep wool, and that's it. Yeah, I'm sold. You've definitely nailed the production elements of this. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's let's talk more about character and plot. Now yeah. we both got ours out there. Um, I don't know why. Really not incongruous at all. I, I don't know why, but I want to name Bill Hader's character Philip. I just feel like that's a Philip. good sheep name. Bill Hader as <laughs> Philip. Yeah, Sergeant Philip. <laughs> I just and like. He's kind of like a good guy version of Tommy Lee Jones' small soldiers character. <laughs> what was his name again? Uh, Chip Major Hazard. Chip Hazard. Chip yeah. Hazard. I want him to be like a good guy version of Chip Hazard, but also a mixture of his character from Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Oh my it's like, god! It's just like a neurotic <laughs> jingoist. Yeah, he's just like he's all about the like the being drafted and, like, doing his thing for the country. And the moment he gets to the White House lawn, he's like, oh, my God, I'm meeting the president. But they're just like, no, just <laughs> He thinks he's on grass. the war cabinet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, eat this grass. And he's like, wait, what? And everything just goes inside out. You get one of those, like, um, you get one of those focus shots where it's zooming on the face and the background zooms out. <laughs> oh, he, th- he thinks he's so much better than the other sheep on, yeah. like, the farm in Hershey, Pennsylvania, yep, where they exactly. trucked him in from. Because he thinks he's going to the yeah. White House. His mom and dad are there, and they're like, oh, son, we're so proud of you. He's like, don't worry, mom and dad, I'll write to you. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't raise my son to be a soldier. <laughs> He's meant uh, to be a glazer, and that's it. The special mission for the United States government. We need you at the White House. They're sheep. They don't fucking know. So he's kind of got, like, a little bit of a celebrity status, being on, like, the poster with Uncle Sam. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, I, I, I see his, like, um, mm-hmm. his charisma just being shot down when he finally yeah. realizes that he's not actually going to war. I think he's got a maybe cute little helmet on. He becomes aware that they're going to shear all the sheep. 
uh, of their wolf or uh, was it a Red Cross fundraising? Yeah, or something. Red Cross. And uh, he doesn't want that to happen because he thinks he needs all that fluffy wool to yeah. protect him from barbed it's wire his armor. and bullets. <laughs> and so maybe that's where we get to the more action elements of this where he tries to essentially organize a bunch of very lazy, like, Washington, D.C. elite sheep. Yes. Are just a parody of, like, the high class in Washington yep. yeah. who are just, like... Well, no. And there's so, <laughs> look at all this grass. There's it's one so looks well slightly resemblant of uh, Boss Tweed. Oh like. my god! <laughs> yeah, Jim Broadman can be in this. He should be in everything. He's Jim Broadman. And I, you just get this. You get this one scene where like the rain's coming down, and they're like crawling through the mud, like they are in war, but they're just on the White House lawn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Ray Fiennes was like the 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 high society leader of the sheep before. Yeah. Bill got there, and I don't know. I mean, he tries to betray him and have him turn into lamb shanks or he's something. Like, he's <laughs> like, he's like old money versus new money. Yeah. Like he's, he's tricks him into going into the White House kitchen to be butchered yeah, or something. Exactly. He's, he's got to escape. He's got to escape, he's gotta this, escape the White House kitchen. This giant guy with a meat cleaver. <laughs> I'm going to say it's Andre Brower. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now, uh, do we do we keep both uh, female sheep? Do we keep Kristen Wiig and Tilda Swinton? I think we, we can. Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, gotta be, there's got to be a decent amount of sheep. I would say. Yeah, because we're we're definitely veering a bit more into a war satire on your yeah. end now than my political satire, which yeah. is probably more palatable for a kids' movie about <laughs> sheep. <laughs> now that I realize that I was, I just ah fuck Woodrow Wilson. Um, <laughs> Mommy, Daddy, I understand the issues between Democrats and Republicans now. <laughs> No, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't because we don't. Turn off, turn off the television. Turn, things, turn off the sheep. Movies. Things are bad. <laughs> oh, oh God. Oh, ice is here. Oh God. Um, oh, no, I'm sad. Um, but yeah, I think a war satire is going to be a lot better. That's one of the things I liked about Chicken Run was the yeah. was the satire of the Great Escape. Yep. So what I guess if we're going to try and, and frame it as a war movie, what is our inspiration as the kind of war movie we're going to be emulating? And I'm thinking, hmm, something where, like, something where we can sort of emulate the the, the training that they go through for war. I have almost Band of Brothers, like the first Band two of Brothers? episodes. I also have Hacksaw Ridge in my mind. Hacksaw Ridge, ooh, yeah. Spent Mel Gibson's back, um, <laughs> yeah. That's that's a Look, good say one. what you want about the man, but he's a phenomenal director. The man knows story structure. <laughs> I mean, that movie was schmaltzy as hell, and yeah. I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> weird um, southern love story, and then all of a sudden, just the greatest. Yeah, but uh, in, war in a hero way, I definitely age. see Hacksaw Ridge as kind of like the, yeah. the vamping off point, um, just because of making a stand for something yeah. and then proving people wrong that you're a hero. Exactly. That's exactly. That, that's our plot arc. Exactly, okay. and that's yeah, it. that's the story point. Oh, God, you're crushing me on this one. This is great. This is <laughs> Which great is though. funny because I was the one that was like, I got nothing for this. <laughs> hey, I'm the one who rolled in here with, I'm going to give these kids Animal Farm. <laughs> you kids think you're ready for Orwell. <laughs> I'm 12. Rob, please don't smoke the cigar in here right now. It's, it's a small room. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing we got to do is we got to get a lot of girls. A lot of girls. So do we keep, do we have an antagonist sheep like I came up with? Or do we have yes. an antagonist yes. human? You can do both. I mean, I think I, I really want to stick with incompetent Woodrow Wilson sheep. from mine. Okay, yeah, and yeah. And then sort of charismatic. Who did you say for Woodrow Wilson? Hugh Grant. Yes, yes. I'm all Inexplicably about that. British president. 
That is, yeah, I don't know why it. I need that to happen. And anyone who's British keeps British accent. Anyone who's American keeps American accent. Yep, doesn't matter. Yep. We're just voice acting. Have, have a good sheep. time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure Tilda Swinton will do something weird. Yeah. There's like there's maybe like one sheep actually from Britain and talking about like the rolling hills of the English countryside. <laughs> and just like, you guys don't even know. <laughs> this This grass is nothing. He's a little shell-shocked. He thought he was being shipped to France, but yeah. he, actually he wound up in America. <laughs> yeah, he thought he was going into where he didn't want to. Or like, oh, God, what's the boat that the Germans sank that got us into the war? I think it was Lusitania. The was Lusitania, it, yeah, Was yeah. the one the Germans sank that got us into the war. Secretly, they were carrying weapons. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the sheep was on the Lusitania <laughs> and was just so buoyant because he hadn't been shorn. He just floated <laughs> to the east coast of the United States, and he's just... Wait, he's not there. That's his PTSD. That's his flashback scene. He's just not there. He's just a mindless lawnmower sheep. He, like, doesn't he? he's the character that doesn't say anything until the end. And he's the most pedigreed sheep, too. He's, like, (laughs) from the finest fields in Scotland. And he's got some some highfalutin name like Bertram Wellington. Yeah, and he's he's got, like, a little uh, beret on. Yeah, and he's just... Eyes are constantly two times the size of everyone yeah. else's, and he's just <laughs> mindlessly gnawing grass. <laughs> it's just the slow mouth movement, because that's uh, that's how they um, uh, differentiated between the characters in Chicken Run. They gave them all like little uh, scarves or hats or something yeah, like yeah, that, they're like different sizes and stuff I like that. I think one so of them was wearing pearls. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what we do here with like the different sheep. It's like some are fat, some are skinnier. Maybe one doesn't have, like, maybe wool doesn't grow. He's, like, patchy. Yeah. Like, one doesn't and, and, grow wool. And Bertram, the PTSD uh, sheep, is <laughs> just a perfect spheroid of wool. <laughs> he has not been shorn because he's, like, the symbol of, like, a survivor of yeah. the Lusitania. <laughs> Look at the sheep who made it back from those treacherous Germans. And he's never not chewing grass. And he's just... Always. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> chewing that cud. <laughs> oh, I can taste grass. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, everyone. Oh, it's all stringy. <laughs> bad for animals. Grass is just like... Just feel grass. Yeah, like, why do you This is bad. There's aloe in it. So, you know, I have another question here. Mm-hmm. Are there other animals? Were there other animals is a question I Not I as far... From what I was able to gather, which was only like two articles that pretty much said the mm-hmm. same exact thing, they oh, were not. Uh, presidential pets. Yes. Does Andrew uh, Wilson have a dog? I'm sh- I believe he did. I, um, Some of them had weird You want to hand me my phone right there on the uh, on the table and then yeah. I'll look up, uh, look up a list of presidential pets because the ones that are coming to mind are like Bo Obama. Yeah. And, it's uh, like the hairless dog or something. Yeah, and uh, George Bush. George Bush had two Scotties, and their names were Barney and Miss Beasley. Yeah, <laughs> and I love them both so much. Uh, didn't someone, someone had like a weird pet? Like, didn't someone have an alligator or something? That sounds like Teddy. <laughs> like, it might have been, but or, he would only have it to or, kill. Just it. murdered it. Yeah, yeah. Probably boxed it. <laughs> if there's any human being that's ever won a fist fight with a kangaroo. It is definitely Theodore Roosevelt. You ever see that video of the kangaroo like trying to fight the dude's dog, and he just runs outside and square punches the kangaroo in the jaw, what? and the kangaroo just goes "Hey" and then walks away. Wait, he knocked out the kangaroo. Or? He punched it right in the face, and the kangaroo was like "The fuck!" and he it walks just away. There? Yeah, I'll show oh you after this. Oh Maybe God. I'll link that in the description. But the dog was okay. Yeah, the dog was like, "Yeah, thanks, Dad." Oh, thank God. <laughs> It was hilarious. Let's see. The first White House dog to receive regular newspaper coverage was Warren G. Harding, G. Harding's dog, Laddie Boy. Laddie Boy. Was he a uh, Scotty? Let me see. Does it say? Uh, I think it just, it just says hound here. Let's see. I'm going to scroll up. 
Oh, yeah, you got to have a hunting hound. God, Teddy had so many animals. Oh, yeah. Holy shit, dude. Killed all of them. They're alphabetized. Woodrow Wilson. Yeah, here we go. So Woodrow had a Davy, an Airedale Terrier. He had a ram named Old Ike. Ram. There you go. Nailed it. (laughs) Oh, he had a cat named Puffins. Uh, A bull terrier named Bruce, a bunch of birds, and 48 sheep. Yeah. 48. Wow. So, okay. So Old old Ike the ram. Yeah. And the ram, they treat the ram like the president. Yes. Like he's the. Yes. He's the president. What did they say the, na- the ram's name was? Old Ike. Old Ike. Oh my God, it's perfect. He's always like on the porch <laughs> of the White House lawn, like mm-hmm. sitting there watching. Like he has his own little bed mm-hmm. and he's just sitting there you watching. You got to like book time with him in his stall. Yeah. yeah. And there's like, there's like, uh, the dogs are like his body, his secret service. Oh my God. And he lives in the Oval Stable. Yes! <laughs> oh my god, it's perfect! Why is this writing itself? I fucking hate you, Woodrow Wilson. I hate you the so much. The Oval Stable. Didn't even rhyme. Then they have, like, the West Lawn and the East Lawn. Holy shit. This is, like, actually coming together. This, this is the second one where it's like, we gotta do this one, too. Yeah, yeah. We gotta, we gotta get on to nukes, though. I'm, uh, I'm in the process of transcribing the episode okay. into an outline for us so it can make the writing process easier. Hear that, Just everybody? Every, yeah. Don't steal episode four from us because we're writing it. Yeah. <laughs> Any one of these other ones you can steal. The, as soon as I hear someone announce they're doing a movie about I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Wait, don't even say the name on the air. <laughs> We haven't told anybody in this podcast what I'll, that is. I'll, I'll bleep it out and post. <laughs> yes, please do. <laughs> That's so this great. This belongs to us. This is our Brad Pitt movie. This is the only way we're going to meet Brad We've Pitt. We've already made the poster. And I'm sorry. You I, did a fabulous job yeah, on that poster. I'm sorry, but I'm tooting my own horn. That poster is glorious. <laughs> yeah, I did like a mock-up on a free uh, Photoshop website <laughs> uh, at work in five minutes. I was like, look, I made a poster. And you're like, hold on. I imagine you smoking and making your own poster. <laughs> you but, want a fucking poster? I'll show you a fucking poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so old Ike is literally just the Ram Woodrow Wilson. Yep. He's the president. He's got to have facial features that resemble Woodrow Wilson. I don't know how, but he's gonna have skinny boy. Yeah, he's gonna have some features. Mm. Maybe glasses. Woodrow Wilson had glasses. I believe he did. So maybe his horns kind of curl like, around in front yeah, of the eyes. Yeah, they look like round uh, mm-hmm. horn rim glasses. Is that what they're called? I think. Um, I think, I think horn rims have like the thicker tips. Of, oh, yeah. okay. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't oh, know I've hurt myself. Glasses. I've hurt myself reaching. Uh, yeah, let's it's see. not the first time. Oh, yeah, Woodrow Wilson kind of looks like an animal. He does. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. He also kind of looks like Christopher Lee. <laughs> Hmm. <laughs> I don't see it. Oh, well, you know, fuck you. Um, <laughs> so, okay. This so is not a safe place. Who's voicing Who's voicing old Ike? Okay, who's voicing old Ike? It's got to be somebody refined. Oh, maybe that's Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen, maybe. Is Peter O'Toole still alive? No, Peter, uh, Peter passed. No. Damn it. Because that uh, voice, I hear that voice. This is one of the greatest voices in the cinema. Oh, yeah. He's just Anton Ego right there. <laughs> Someone, if I don't love it, I don't, don't swallow. <laughs> someone, someone with that like gravitas. Yeah, so it's got to be somebody who's just theater, theater, theater. Peter O'Toole's dead. Christopher <sighs> Lee is dead. McKellen? Maybe McKellen. Could be McKellen. Could be Derek Jacoby, maybe. I wish. Wait, you know what? Let's get Sean Connery out of retirement. I mean, he only does animated pictures every now and again. It's true. Peace do. 
What? Patrick Stewart. No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you're trying to make a stew right now? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Stewart could be good. Patrick Stewart could be good, but I'm just going to hear the characters from, like, American Dad and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> this is how I know you didn't grow up a Trekkie like me. I know, right? <laughs> I haven't watched any of uh, Next Generation. <coughs> Next Generation Excuse me. Yet. There is a... Um, there's a great bit of trivia, and this actually got him to be in the movie. There's a, uh, a Terry Gilliam movie called Time Bandits mm-hmm. uh, that Sean Connery uh, appears in for a few scenes as Agamemnon, yeah. king of ancient Greece. And actually, in the script, uh, it says, and Agamemnon removes his helmet to reveal Sean Connery <laughs> or someone of cheaper but equal stature. <laughs> and Connery saw the script and thought that was the funniest goddamn thing he'd ever seen in his life. So yeah, time- I don't care how much they're going to pay me. i got to be in this movie. Time Bandits was with the 90s, right? Uh, 80s. 80s, okay. Yeah. So it was around Brazil? Uh, I believe it was after Brazil. Okay. Yeah. What about Robin was uh, Williams was in that? Oh. Uh, was just uh, just the five year anniversary Speaking this of week. Speaking Agamemnon, yeah. mm-hmm. what if we get um, fuck? Help me. Who played Agamemnon in Troy? Oh, uh, Brian. Brian um, Cox. Yep, Brian Cox. What if we get Brian Cox for old Ike? I like it. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a, like a very intimidating voice too. I don't yeah. think we want him to be quite as friendly as like. Yeah, Patrick yeah, yeah. Stewart no, is. he can't be friendly. I want him to be more of like. I want he's him to be, the president. <laughs> yeah, he's the president Ram. But I want him to be, like, intimidating. But I also want him to have, like, thoughtful in, in, incentive and, like, good advice to uh, Philip. Okay. Like, towards so, the end or something. Here we go. Here's, my, here's how I do my parody of Woodrow Wilson getting to have it both ways. Okay. Is that people in the movie keep coming to him for advice. And he says these things that sound incredibly wise. But mean nothing. Yes, but they're just like aphorisms. And yeah. they, they, they're meaningless, and yeah. you could just apply them to whatever. It's, it's the one character from Mystery Men, remember? <laughs> the guy who just says, like, Oh, yeah, the Sphinx. Yeah. yeah. But he's, he just says, they're, like, really affirmative, and yeah. just they sound very deep, but they're just sort of, like, almost Confucian sayings. Like, yeah. they just sort of apply. Like, you're not actually... Yeah. Can you connect with me on a human level and tell to me what you think about the war, situation? One must first win the battle within himself. <laughs> Yeah, okay, but, like, then what? <laughs> like, then then there's still a war, and I feel like that might be actually, uh, probably to, a better issue. In order to, to be successful in your world, you must first find the world's success in yourself. <laughs> no, oh, hold on, hold on. This is how I know you're trying to get me out of here. <laughs> That's the best bull hater I can do. <laughs> Yeah, so he okay, so he has those like little affirmations that mean nothing. Yeah, it's fucking useless. Yeah, and then just, what? It's just as useless as any president during that time period. <laughs> we had so many useless presidents between the Roosevelt's. <laughs> they all sucked. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Okay, wait, but what else are you going to say? Absolutely. That's how you get your Woodrow Wilson style in there. Yeah, yeah. But then what do we do? We got to have him to give, like, like there's got to be the moment. He doesn't have to be a major character. Like, he just keeps No, not up. at all. Not and at everyone all. has respect for him, but I he just, just doesn't say anything. I just have the idea of, like, it's raining, and Philip is sitting at the porch steps, like, what should I do? And uh, old Ike is just saying something that actually resonates with Maybe it is so, like, some completely innocuous affirmation, but it somehow resonates with mm-hmm. him, and he makes meaning out of it on his own. Mm-hmm. Like, I just see it, like, in the rain and, like, you know, thunder and stuff like that. Maybe eventually, like, um... Hmm. I'm trying to think of what the whole plot arc is. Because yeah. if, if Philip's kind of trying to train them to to really be, like, war sheep. And, yeah. 
and be gung ho about the drive. And I don't know, maybe he finds out some stuff he doesn't like, or like they're, that they're gonna get rid of the sheep once the war is over. That or yeah, like because yeah, perfect. Because their training, like their war training, could just be like he's watching them all graze the lawn, like faster, faster, good job, Sparky. Zigzag, right, weave in and out, yeah, weave exactly. in and out. They're Serpentine making, pattern. They're making like beautiful patterns in the White House lawn. We like <laughs> actually look up like military arrays and formations and stuff. <laughs> they're, that's just how they're eating the grass. It starts out as stripes. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what it is. It starts out as Bill Murray, Harold Ramis, and Stripes. Yeah, and, and then, like, it's like, become... uh, there's gotta be, there's gotta be a better place. That, like, he gets very tired of, like, the corrupt politics of yeah. the sheep on the lawn. Yeah. And, and that the, you know, the, the, the actual politicians are gonna just, really just get rid of the sheep and send them wherever once the war is over, because yeah. they're just a PR stunt. Yep, exactly. Like, he, he comes to realize that this whole thing has just been a PR stunt. He's not a real soldier. He's not really contributing, and they're just gonna use him to make blankets. So then... And, Maybe they, he escapes with Kristen Wiig somehow. Yeah, there's there's got to be something because the, the other sheep help him and Kristen Kristen Wiig escape in like a flawlessly executed military maneuver with distractions and and they covering fire they somehow find, just sheep shit. Yeah, they have to find their purpose somehow because it's a kids movie. Mm-hmm. So we can't just end it with like actually this means nothing. Goodbye, sheep. And they stow away on a delivery truck, and they get out of the White House. Before the sheep shearing, before all the other sheep are just sent back to normal farms, just to get away from it and just to, to stick it to the man. Now, where do they end up? I don't know. It's 1918. What's happening? Like the only thing I can think of is Babe Ruth being traded. How does that affect the sheep? <laughs> do you want them to end up in Yankee Stadium, cutting the outfield? Grass? Oh my God! And then you have the one shot of the babe like coming up to them and like petting them. And, and we they, can use that story that's yes. about her. Like we flash forward to the Herbert Hoover presidency yeah. not long after, in the late twenties and the thirties, and then Philip and his girlfriend are still alive. And uh, you know, oh, I had a better year than Hoover. Yeah, he's not lying. <laughs> he's not lying. Oh wait, and you know who has that line? <laughs> the fucking Bertram Wellington character. Yes. <laughs> he's chewing grass, and he finally says. He's not wrong. And everyone looks at him like, If only we could find a place where traditions matter and, (laughs) you know, they treat people like they have value. Yes. Crack. (laughs) (laughs) That's perfect. It ends in Yankee Stadium. They end up at Yankee Stadium just as the babe (laughs) is is sold from Boston to New York. We don't don't ever have to see the babe, too. It can just be a shot of the back with the three on his jersey. Mm -hmm. And it's just, you know, he's talking to reporters. And they're all just sitting there grazing the White House lawn. <laughs> That's so cute. This babe's talking to a reporter near the outfield wall, and he looks over and sees him eating the grass, and he goes, hey, hey, if I don't work out, he can be the new center fielder. Who knows? <laughs> and he just goes, Oh, yeah, we got to your Yankees and Tommy. That's so cute. Yay. I'm so happy with that ending. So we start off. We start off. If it's with, not obvious, Nick and I are, are huge fans of the history of the New York Yankees. Yes. <laughs> so we we start off, and he's the you know he's the he's the the the, the poster boy yeah. of the of the U.S. Army for the for the world. Yeah. For the, just becomes the dissatisfied war. and and really just ugh, apathetic about the war effort, yep. and it's just like. He is, if only there was something else really American I could do with my life, and it's baseball. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately he's taken to the White House, and he meets everyone there. Uh, old Ike is the president, and they have, like, they've kind of got, like, a, an, uh, a, a battle going on on the White House lawn between the, yeah, the pacifist sheep the, and the really gung-ho war yep. sheep. And the he's training his sheep to, to mm-hmm. chew the grass. 
And uh, it's, you know, it's a little uh, yep. montage scene. And as any good soldier eventually figures out, they're just being used. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And then... Uh, and Sorry, then, so veterans. <laughs> I love you all. You've been screwed. So it ends with them escaping. Mm-hmm. There's an escape scene. Um do some of them not make it? We're all no. I did like all, all the sheep are. I don't think there's like a threat of death. It's just that they're going to yeah. get shorn. The wolves are going to get sold for the war effort, and then all the sheep. Like the PR stunt is over, so all the sheep are just going to get shipped back to where they came yeah. from. Kind of like you've seen Flags of Our Fathers. Yeah, it's kind of like how you know they toured these guys around selling war bonds because they right. were the flag raisers of Iwo Jima, and then just kind of kicked them to the curb. Like one of them died of alcoholism, the other one couldn't get a job. <coughs> like people yeah. just stopped giving a shit. Yep. Same with Vietnam. Vest. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like almost like that, like they realize that that's what's in store for them. And these other sheep are, have always been fairly complacent, and they're fine with going back where they came from. But just in a show of solidarity with Philip and, and Kristen Wiig, they flawlessly execute all these military maneuvers that he taught them. Because and, they, yeah, because they've been training. Yeah, they didn't know they were training for this, mm-hmm. but they've decided that they're going to be able to get, use it as an escape. And they just, they don't know where they're going to wind up, but they get these two sheep on a on a truck. Nineteen eighteen. To their freedom. There's no. There's no Washington baseball team, right? Are the Senators there in 18? Yeah, I think so. If the Senators are there, then they could kind of find a way to hitch a ride on a bus to uh, Yankee Stadium on the, on, you know, on a Oh, on that's, a a, that's interesting. A, yeah, like on the uh, on the equipment bus or yeah. something. Let's see, Washington, Senators, now the Minnesota Twins, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were founded in uh, 1901. Perfect. Played so 1901 the, to 1960. So the Senators are there. They're going to a uh, an away game at Yankee mm-hmm. Stadium. They hitch a ride on the equipment bus. Mm-hmm. They get stored away with the suitcases. Mm-hmm. And then they make their way to Yankee they're Stadium. They're just like, oh, look, this, this looks comfortable. And they find like a little hatchway, and they're just like sitting down on a bunch of gloves. Yeah. And it's like nice, comfortable, well-oiled gloves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then they open, the, you know, they open the, the door or whatever, and all they see is, like, from the grounds crew area, they see Yankee Stadium's field, and they're all just like, oh. <laughs> oh, gosh. They just go out on the field and just like, well, I'm hungry, and start hitting the ground. <laughs> yeah. Some George Costanza type is just like, oh, the sheep? Yeah. I brought those for, uh. Grass cutting. Outfield maintenance. <laughs> yeah. And then Philip lifts up his head and goes, yeah. And then we all start <laughs> can call, We can call him Art Vandalay, groundskeeper <laughs> of Yankee Stadium. <laughs> we'll get Jason Alexander. It'll be a great reference. We're a Seinfeld reference and a Yankees reference. And a We're going to get to do all the things we wanted to do. <laughs> this movie's going to be a blockbuster hit. Yay. Whoops. <laughs> Smash cut. Well, we've bankrupted DreamWorks. <laughs> Smash cut. You hear Ron Howard. But it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least before I died, I got to financially ruin Jeffrey Katzenberg. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I think actual we actual penis. Uh, <laughs> actual penis. I think we uh, think we nailed it. I think we got a movie. I think that we was, got a movie. Oh, that was fun. That's the first one like that we really had to discover during the episode. Yeah. Like we had a great time doing it during uh, Nuked, but yeah. Like, we had good ideas coming into that. This one, we just like, yay, tag team. Nuked was a really good, like, three-act setup we were able to create. This one was very much just, like, back and forth. Like, mm. what do you got? What do I got? What do I just, yeah, that felt like writing. Yeah, very much. <laughs> I'm almost, like, ready to sesh. look in my notebook and look for the words, <laughs> but I didn't write them down. Oh, well, that was fun. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of What Do You Got? Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, at What Do You Got? You can email us at uh, wdygpodcast at gmail.com. We are on iTunes. We are on Stitcher. Uh, we are on uh, Podbean. Podbean, where it's we our host. main home. Um, 
can find us all those places. Please share, like, comment, send us emails with weird articles you found, comment on ideas you have for the episodes we've come up with, ideas for future episodes you've come up with. And uh, thanks again. Thanks for listening, everybody. We love you. What Do You Got is recorded live at the Cape Swoosh Studios in Bloomfield, New Jersey. Our theme song was written and performed by Trevor Campbell. Additional music is provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. And our wonderful logo was designed by Gabby Weiss. You can find her on Twitter at, at Gabby Weiss. 